Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Good morning. It's Mary Stone speaking to you from a very early morning screened porch. I don't think the birds are awake yet. I have to run down to a client that I've had for many years whose garden went through some major heat stress and we lost some trees even. So I'm going to be going down there to see what resurrections we can do. I'm going to do some pruning of some of the established hollies and things and uh, hopefully we'll have some new sprouts before the fall. But fortunately, we've had some rain, and so plants are feeling happy. I can feel their happiness. We've had two big rainstorms. Sadly, though, my my lovely sunflowers have been, let's just say, broken. But I'm letting them lay there half broken, and the birds are enjoying their seeds. So all the cycle of life. So this week's topic is inspired by the weekly email I send to subscribers for free with alerts to the new posts, and there's a related story I also attach that they'll enjoy. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please do by going onto the Garden Dilemmas website, and you can see a pop-up there or at the bottom of each page is a little sign-up thing. Anyway, the story that I attached was Wandering Willowwood Arboretum, which I did so about a year ago in episode 34 about forest bathing and Willowwood champion trees. You may wish to jump back to that one. It's one of my favorites, actually, especially about the cypress knees. I hope I piqued your interest. This leads to this week's story about native plants for native pollinators, and it starts like this. Hello, fellow listeners and readers. About a year ago, I enjoyed a visit to a free public garden managed by Morris County Park Commission, tucked away in Far Hills, New Jersey which became a column topic titled Wandering Willowwood Arboretum. Bruce Crawford, formerly the director of Rutgers Gardens, joined the Park Commission as manager of horticulture, which brings a memory of a talk he gave a handful of years ago. He coined sexy native plants, the G-rated version, native plants for native pollinators. Actually, I've known Bruce Crawford for a very long time, and I always enjoy his talks, and it's exciting to me that he's joined the uh, Park Commission. He shared his philosophy on the definition of native plants, which can be confusing. Is it a plant naturally growing only in your county, your state, or your regional portion of the country? He feels a garden is an art form created by human hands. I just love that philosophy. And says cultivars are either created or reproduced through human hands, and therefore are acceptable. So that's kind of my philosophy too. I mean, cultivars occur naturally in nature, and uh, so there's the straight species, and then there's ones that modify themselves, and of course there are those that are modified by scientists that create them. So I think the main thing is to plant a garden that attracts pollinators, don't you? We've spoken about the layers of plants found in nature, and a well-designed garden also has those layers. We talked about how the ground cover layer can be an ecological and beautiful alternative to mulching. Bruce touts the weed-free benefits of mountain mint. Ah, we've talked about mountain mint, haven't we? Which spreads ambitiously by rhizomes, which are underground stems, without being invasive. 
Its blue-green fuzzy leaves create a silvery two-to-three-foot-tall blanket in the sun or shade, and they tolerate dryness, though it prefers to be moist. Pollinators love its pinkish-white flowers in late summer. How about the hands-free ground cover, such as Pennsylvania sedge, which is Carex pennsylvanicum? No cutting, no weeding, no watering, boasts Bruce, and you can walk on it. It's best in full shade, although I've had it in a bit of sun, and it can endure wetness for a while, although it prefers to be dry. The grass-like beauty is 14 inches tall, but it lays in soft waves about 8 inches high. It grows very well under trees and makes a perfect lawn alternative in dry, shady areas. In the presentation, actually, he showed the Pennsylvania sedge in the varying stages of the seasons, how it was dry, like a golden dry in the fall and in the winter, and then how it greens up in the summer. And it really is. It's just a gorgeous, I don't know, how it lays in waves underneath trees. It's just beautiful. Highly recommended. Then there's Prairie Dock, with its long, almost leafless flower stems leading to the three-inch sunflower-like blooms in summer. The flower stems rise seven feet above the two-foot-high foliage, which looks great with tall grasses in the sun, flaunts Crawford, who adores the plant. It attracts beneficial insects such as our native bees and provides a habitat for them, nesting below or harvesting plant parts to hunker down elsewhere. I think even birds use the plant parts. For a tall grass companion to Prairie Dock, there's Dallas Blues Switchgrass, Panicum Virgatum, growing six to eight feet in full sun, but it can handle a bit of shade. Unfortunately, it loses its blueness when the flower's pinkish spikes emerge. However, come fall, the outstanding burnt yellow color is worth the wait. The flower of swamp sunflower, Helianthus augustifolius, looks much like black-eyed Susan's. She's a prolific bloomer in the fall until frost. She may need staking, but given a sight in full sun and plenty of moisture, she will stand tall at about six feet. I am thrilled to hear his accolades for my favorite large woody shrub, bottlebrush buckeye. Osculus parviflora. However, it's the first I heard of the variety Serotina, growing taller than the straight species to 20 feet. And its bottled brush-like blooms appear about three weeks later, typically in August. Note to self, I think I may add a swath extending the flowering time of my beloved buckeyes. I'd love to revisit Willowwood Arboretum to see what changes are underway. Perhaps you'd like to join me. If so, please email me at askmarystone at gmail.com. And that goes for any of you listeners if you're in the area or plan to travel here. I'm not sure if we'll fit it in this season, but certainly we will, and I look forward to it. Meanwhile, it's an ideal time to dig in some of Bruce Crawford's sexy native plants. Not only are they deer-resistant, they are G-rated for glorious and good for pollinators. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com. As you would expect, there are glorious photos of these native sexy plants that Bruce provided, and I'll put a link in the show notes to the column. And of course, there are just a few native plants that attract native pollinators, and I want to just mention my go-to book, Doug Tallamy's book, Bringing Nature Home, How You Can Sustain Wildlife with Native Plants. And it's just a magnificent book. He is a bug expert. 
And so a lot of what he talks about is attracting insects that are favorable to your garden, which plants to plant to do so, as well as birds and other things. And uh, it's just a wonderful manual where you can seek out certain plants for your area and plants that attract the wildlife you wish to attract. And another great source are plant lists that native plant societies provide. And in my local New Jersey Native Plant Society, they have a magnificent listing of all sorts of things, even by county, if you want to be that specific. I'm a little broad ranger than that. And they also list things that are deer resistant separately. So it's a wonderful source. And speaking of which, I just have been asked to speak with our local chapter of the New Jersey Native Plant Society. And rather than prepare a lecture, we are actually going to work together on designing a native plant garden. So I'm very excited about that. Maybe it'll become a podcast down the road. So anyway, I want to thank you for joining me this early morning. I thought I heard a few birds waking up. I always enjoy our time together, and I hope you have too. And if so, please share the podcast with a friend or two who may enjoy it as well so more can join us in learning and growing in the garden of life. Thanks so much. See you next time. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day. Mm